Welcome to the Legit Lady Podcast, where we feature women who are nailing it in life. Hey, Legit Lady listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast where we feature impressive women to inspire the world. This is your host, Julie Fetterman, and I am so happy you joined us this week. Uh, this week, I want to give a big, big shout out to all the people who have taken time out of your busy lives to write us a quick review on iTunes, on Stitcher, to those of you who subscribe to us on Spotify, Podcast Republic and pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you so, so much. Writing those reviews really makes a huge impact to us. It helps boost our uh, ratings and reviews and the algorithms that allow us to be present and available to more people in the podcast universe. And this week, I want to take a quick moment to read one of our latest reviews from Stephen says, highly recommend. The Legit Lady podcast is one of my new favorite podcasts to listen to. I can't wait to hear from more strong women in upcoming releases. Thank you so much, Stephen. I really, really appreciate it. And big call out to you and big reminder to a few of you, especially people who I know personally. I know a couple of people have been dropping me notes saying, oh, yeah, I really want to write a review for you on the podcast. Please do so. It really helps. And if you have a few extra dollars to share and throw my way, I will happily accept it in the form of a virtual coffee. So this is like a little online tip jar. It's a really easy, great way to show your appreciation for the podcast, $3 at a time. And man, I don't even think you can get a coffee for $3 anymore. So this is a deal. <laughs> and the way to do that is going to coffee.com slash legit lady podcast. And it's spelled kind of funny. It's ko-fi.com slash legit lady podcast. Podcast. Again, ko-fi.com slash legitladypodcast. Really great way to help us pay for all of the miscellaneous costs affiliated with the podcast because, yeah, it's definitely not free for hosting, for production, for thank you gifts and all of the great things that we do to be able to make this a bigger and better production. And if you have any feedback on the podcast, I highly encourage you to write in to us to legitladypodcast at gmail.com. We're a great way if you love what we're doing, if you have some thoughts, or if you know a legit lady in your life that deserves to be on the podcast, we would love to hear it. Our guest this week she is quite a talent. I actually found her on social media and her imagery that I found online was so empowering and quite provocative, actually. This artist has a beautiful name and I actually said it wrong for half the interview, quite frankly, until she kindly, <laughs> kindly corrected me. But uh, when I saw the work online, I saw the messages she was trying to convey. I knew I had to invite her onto the podcast. She is hosting her second solo 
art show called Homage, which is featuring very large, dense, rich 3D sculpture collages with elements in these collages coming and sourced from all over the world. It's uh, being open to the public from April 4th to the 13th from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. daily, located in a beautiful space at 49 Ossington Avenue in Toronto. This visual artist is not only that, but she's a published photographer and has worked with brands including Nike, Vogue, Hennessy, and Tiff, and more, and in tons of print media all over the world. Please join me in welcoming the amazing, the talented, Brienne Douglas. girlfriend of mine she's um an artistic director choreographer dancer and she said like in the first 30 seconds she just swore like 18 times and she's like yeah so i swore like a sailor and you know last podcast (laughs) i did they had to be rated explicit because of me and i'm like don't worry yeah i don't i don't believe in censoring people at all so it adds like character as well yeah i read something today that was like uh it helps clear your throat chakra the more you say fuck. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, I think that was just being funny. I like that. Yeah, right? I know. I, I would like, believe it, though. That. I totally yeah. would. Fuck. Yeah. Right? Feels like, good. It's just you're releasing the anger. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Just wake up and say fuck. <laughs> just like clear. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I remember growing up, my dad always said, he always tried to encourage me to not swear, which I guess is a good thing for your parent to do. Yeah. Um, he just said, oh, it weakens the language that you use. If you swear all the time, it doesn't punctuate it as much. Mm. So if you don't really swear, when you do swear, it just makes a big impact. I don't know. I probably swear too much anyway, what? so meh. <laughs> I think I'm like a medium swear, but when I get angry, I, I, I definitely swear. Yeah. I lose my ability to articulate and just swear words come out. Yeah, <laughs> as you should. All right. Well, Bryony, it has been so exciting to bring you into the podcast studio, Legit Lady Podcast Studio here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Are you excited? I am, yes. But I'm going to tell you how to pronounce my name first. Oh, yes, please. I'm probably just making it. It's everybody does. So, like, usually I just get people to say Brie because I was actually in radio for quite a while. Nobody could ever say it. But it's Brienne. Like peony. Brienne. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I've been butchering it this whole time. (laughs) My mom, my mom smoked a lot of weed growing up. So she, she was very eccentric. She named my brother Townsend after Pete Townsend. And then really mine. I don't even know where she got that from. (laughs) I actually, you know what? One, it's unique and two, it's beautiful. I love flowers. So that's gorgeous. Brienne. Yes. Let's start now. With the correct (laughs) pronunciation of the name. Great place to start. And as we talked about, today's all about getting to know you through 10 main questions. Lots of follow-up questions as well. I'm prepared (laughs) with my post-it notes. Very high-tech operation. They're they're very nice looking. (laughs) I know. That's something I got for free. I think it's from like Travel Texas or something. Very random. That being said, let's dive in with question one, which is what advice would you give to your teenage self? Um, you know, when I'm asked this question, uh, it, there's so many things that go through my mind. But then at the same time, like I had a pretty uh, pretty rough upbringing. Like I came, it, it was hard. and But I don't feel like I would ever change anything about 
my life because then I wouldn't have gone through the steps to be the person that I am today, right? Like, so I look back and I think, oh, maybe, you know, I should have been better with money, but then I wouldn't have learned the lesson about money or I shouldn't have like been so obsessed about that boy, but then I wouldn't have learned that lesson about that boy. But still, you know, I, sh- I should have probably been better with money. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we all yeah. can. But <clears throat> can you tell us a little bit more about what made your upbringing challenging? Um, so my parents were super young. And I mean, I, I love them both. But it was it was pretty much like raising myself. So they mm-hmm. were 20 when they had me. Um, my dad wasn't really there. And my mom... Uh, suffers from uh, some mental illnesses and she's she's lovely and amazing she loves the hell out of me but it's hard like mm-hmm. when you're struggling with that um so it was kind of just like doing it on my own and uh just lots of different stuff yeah, yeah. I can imagine I mean I empathize <laughs> I I had also not your picturesque childhood yeah. uh, you know a lot of difficulty with finances and what you just mentioned about yeah, that encouraged you as an adult to now take a different mm-hmm. feeling and lens towards money. You now value it. And, you know, because it wasn't something that was perhaps always easy to come by, yes, exactly. right? Which is fair. So what would you tell to yourself going through that tough time as an adult? Uh, what would I tell myself, my younger self? Yeah. Now knowing what I know. Yeah. Um, the next day is always better. Like there's like, and I still tell that to myself now, even if I'm having a bad day, like I think it's all about admitting that taking onus of the day is just a bad day. And and because I think too many people um, built them, beat themselves up rather about having a bad day and then it makes the day spiral farther and stuff, right? Like if I'm having a shit day, I'm going to order some crappy food. I'm yes. going to feel, yes. just feel bad and I'm just going <laughs> to embrace it. And then tomorrow I wake up and it's a brand new day. Like it's, yeah. it's, I, I, I think that's always a big thing. Like just tomorrow is a new day. I love that. And we're really good about making ourselves feel terrible about things or making ourselves feel worse when something crappy is already happening. And sometimes it's that comparison, like we're just comparing ourselves to other people. We're like, we're having this bad day. All these other people are, are having a great day. This is awful. And this means something more than what it, it should actually be. Yeah. Right. So I like that impermanence, like this yeah. has an end. Hopefully it's tomorrow. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some days it's fine if it goes for a few days, mm-hmm. but like, it's just being aware and and knowing what you're feeling and not beating yourself up for it. I had a life coach once that was like amazing, and she, whenever I was having problems, she would catch me um, being like, "Oh, I'm so stupid!" Like, and she would be like, "No, you're not stupid." Mm-hmm. And she would have a trick where she would get me to put my hand to my chest and say of course you feel that way or of course I feel that way. Oh. So like what if I was struggling with something, it was a way for me to just be in the moment and take onus of it. And it was one of the best things that I've ever been taught. And I try and help other people with that too. Wow. I'm definitely going to take that tip. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and we don't know each other super well, but <laughs> we just met. Yeah. But <laughs> but I tend to be pretty hard on myself, yeah. you know, and and that's something yeah. that I think I can improve on in my life. Yeah, it's a it's a big thing. Another thing that she would do is have me visualize, put my arm around, putting my arm around my younger self. So like a lot of the things oh. that we struggle with 
are reflective of our childhood, as cliche as it sounds, but it's very true. It's true. So it's like, you know, if I'm having a problem with a, a boyfriend or something like that, she'll say, well, would you allow this person to speak to a child like that, to your child? So why are you allowing that to be done to yourself? So protecting your younger self that is your older self at the same time. She was amazing. I, I, I definitely need to call her more often. Yeah. <laughs> wow, those are yeah. great nuggets of advice. Because again, sometimes we don't consciously value our self-worth. Mm-hmm. We we let people get away with too much stuff, man. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh. All right, well, that that's great. Question two is what's your proudest accomplishment? Oh, there's like... It's crazy. Like there's there's so many things that have so three years ago I quit my job and my nine to five and I was like, Okay, fuck it. I'm gonna be a full time photographer. So I'd I'd picked up a camera a Ballsy. month before that. Um, never having used a camera before and I was published within a month. So I was like, I feel like I could do this. So <sighs> it but it's been such a whirlwind. Like I have literally eat slept and breathed this industry for three years like and it, it was it was hard like the first year and a half I was eating Mr. Noodles for like every meal like oh, I was man. so broke to get going and now and I'm, I'm at a point where I'm happy and like successful and can choose the jobs uh but you like you get so in it that you don't even realize the accomplishments and that's definitely something I need to work on as well is taking a moment and stepping back and being like wow that was amazing like I when I did the the cliche Instagram year wrap-up this past for 2018 I was like shit I've actually done a lot this year wow. and you don't realize it because I'm literally sitting on my couch surrounded in work just working 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 that I right don't heads down time. yeah yeah oh man so I don't my my biggest probably just taking the leap from like the nine to five and just doing it and my survival still skills just kicking in I think is probably my biggest accomplishment I was gonna say like that takes a lot that is a really risky move to leave something that's so comfortable to just pursue something totally different and then be able to cope with you know, what comes after that yeah you know having to bootstrap your way through mm-hmm. what were you doing before you got into being a visual artist full-time so I actually went to school for broadcast journalism mm. and then I worked in radio for a bit and I also worked for a newspaper and then I was like, I'm going to switch to the dark side and be in the sales <laughs> aspect of it. It and really did, is the dark side. Right, right. I've <laughs> been there. Like, I've, uh, I did it for about six to eight years. So I was at a few publications mm. here. The last one was Now Magazine. Mm. Um, and I just wasn't happy. Like, I, I liked the magazine. I liked the people. But I didn't feel – I haven't – I didn't feel like I was me until I quit my job and started doing this, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, tell me more about why. Because I can imagine, you know, even having that creative yeah. space and expression, not having, you know, an editor yeah. telling you this is how you should express yourself, that type of stuff. But is it that or is it something totally different? It was just like – we spend the majority of our time at work doing work, right? Mm-hmm. Like more than if you're working nine to five, you're probably working more than 40 hours a week nowadays. Preach. Yep. Um, and then when you're home, like if you're not doing the extra work, people are like shitting on you for it. So I just felt like I was like, this is not, I don't belong here. And I could just feel it like in my gut. Like I was, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't have that that feeling when I wake up on a Monday that was like, let's go do this today. I was like, 
fuck, it's Monday. I hate my life. Yeah. Like, it was not enjoyable. And now, like, I work harder for myself than I ever did for someone else because at the end of the day, the only person that I am responsible to is me, mm-hmm. right? So it's uh, it was just – it was the best feeling. And I can't imagine ever going back and doing anything but, like, what I do now. Wow. Yeah. That's inspiring because – I've had those feelings myself. I work corporate. I'm also a creative soul, but I work corporate during the day. I'm fortunate to work for a great company, but hey, man, there have been times that through my career where I I feel like that on a Monday, Sunday night even, and I'm sure there's tons of listeners who also empathize with that. That Sunday dread. I just, I think that there's, there's so many people that are afraid of just taking the next step. And I mean, I think I was until like I'm 34 Mm -hmm. when I, up until I was 30, like I was afraid of that. And then now in my head, like if I think of something, like if I want to like shoot somebody, like it's not unfathomable to me now because I'm just like, okay, yeah, like that will happen. Like I'll just reach out like these. I'm not afraid because I took that one big step, but it took me 30 years to have the balls to do it. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, and when I was reading up a bit about you and what you do, I see you referenced yourself as a visual artist, as a Mm -hmm. photographer, art director, things like that. So how do you think of yourself? Is it all of those things or is it one or two things more than others? It's all of those things. Mm -hmm. There's been... Um, many times where, you know, I've sat down with social media specialists and they're like, you need to narrow yourself down on Instagram and say you're either doing this and then you'll get a great following with like, (laughs) you know, the same amount of likes on each picture. And I'm like, but I do like six different things. Like how I'm not going to have six different Instagrams. Like this is me. Like that sounds exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) That's already, I have to run my dog and cats Instagram. Like I can't do more accounts for myself what i need yeah. i need to i need to know more about these handles too oh, gucci gucci de pug that's he's like he's a legend he like we were out walking the other day and somebody was like oh my god that's him and my boyfriend thought that they were talking about him because he's a dj right and they were like that's gucci the pug oh my and gosh my, my dog got <laughs> spotted and it was the best moment ever because my boyfriend was all gassed up and like it was it's it made my week yes oh that's amazing fur babies are the best yeah he's so great he's sponsored by canada food what oh my gosh that's awesome Mm -hmm. okay so going back to your career leap Did you always know in your heart of hearts that this visual art realm was something that you wanted to pursue at some point or was there something else that happened to make you say, this is what I'm pursuing full time? Um, Art was always uh, very present in my life. So growing up, it was always something that I was into and drawing. And I think that that was probably the most courses that I graduated with when Mm -hmm. I was in high school. I had a really grumpy uh, art teacher in OAC that made me (laughs) think, oh my God, if I become an artist, I'm just going to end up teaching classes like her. And it made me, uh, she was just mean, (laughs) like so (laughs) unhappy. And that definitely deterred me um, from pursuing at that time. But there was always like, I was always doing a little bit on the side. And then when I picked up a camera, it just like kind of all fell into place. 
Oh, gosh. Well, I, I have to admit, your work really caught my eye. Uh, it's very inspiring and provocative, and it really does encourage you to interrogate your desires and the way you perceive the world. And that's one of the many reasons why I wanted to invite you on the podcast. And one thing in particular that caught my eye was in November when Victoria's Secret said that they would never include plus size and transgender models in their show. Um, what you decided to do as this act of rebellion or resistance or empowerment, I found so inspiring. Would you mind speaking a little bit about what you did and what the impact of that project was? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so, uh, excuse my cough. Um, <laughs> You're good. <laughs> that project was very important to me. So what we did was in response to Victoria's Secret, we wanted to show uh, everybody that everybody should be included, right? Like, so it wasn't supposed to be, there's there's nothing wrong with the models that are modeling for Victoria's Secret, right? Like right. this was not an attack on them. This was that everybody should be included and everybody deserves the right to be included. Um when I'm talking or working on any projects like that, uh, I think I think a lot of it has to do with because of my mom. I can't imagine somebody making fun of her or like people in crowds. Like, oh, I hate to see someone recording a video of someone without them knowing. I think that's like the meanest thing that you can do to mock because imagine like that person, God forbid, saw that and you mm -hmm. made them spiral into a depression. I just, I don't like mean people at the end of the day. That's that's really the reason why I did it. Yeah, you never know someone's story. Yeah, and like the thought that like the, so the CEO said that not only would uh, transgender uh, or plus size models never walk in their, their show because it doesn't fit their fantasy, mm -hmm. but he also said that they're, uh, they, they're they're not even made for them as in they're not, it's not their market so even if transgender uh people are going there and buying it already you have now just cut out a large portion of your audience and like it's so just dumb. it's just mean Ugh. i just i get very agitated about mean people and i don't like to think of anybody treated poorly it's like as a major corporation to go like not only to maybe be indifferent, but to actually go into that territory of saying like we are actively excluding these populations. It doesn't even make financial sense to me. Mm -mm. It, it it makes absolutely no sense. Like you are literally just spitting vitriol. Like it's yeah. awful. It's I it, I I don't understand like some of the times like when I see people commenting like how can you just be so fucking mean? Like, yeah. I don't understand. Like I understand that you're on like behind a computer screen and that probably makes you feel empowered because you don't have to go face to face. But I just, it, it blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Like even when I go back to, so I'm originally from Woodstock and I talk to some of the people there and I'm like, I, uh, I don't understand how you just, like I was speaking to someone and they said, I don't understand why when we're choosing gender that there has to be so many options, like just make it what it is. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why the fuck does it matter to you? Like, it's like, like, what does it, is it putting you out for the day? Like, why are you so upset? Like, it doesn't, I don't, and I can't wrap my head around it. And it's, it's something like even the last couple of days when people are talking about the Gillette commercial, like it is a great commercial, but you see so many men getting upset about mm -hmm. it being like, this is not about, like, it's just, 
why can't we just, as cliche as it sounds, like just be nice and get along? Like if you're, if this person's not upsetting you, then let them do their thing. Yeah, right? live and let live. I, yeah. I also never understood that myself. Yeah. But uh, in regards to the Victoria's Secret blowout, I mean, agreed. I think that's awful. And can you share a little bit about the project that you were involved in, For and sure, yeah. and if there was any anything positive that came out of it as a result? There was definitely positive. There was also some negative too. So mm-hmm. uh, the team I I work often with um, my makeup artist Vanessa Bodner. She's mm-hmm. she's. I love her. Uh, And then as well as my creative director, assistant stylist, she's everything, uh, Jenna LaRose, and she's amazing. So not on purpose have I accidentally surrounded myself with women, but I'm just surrounded (laughs) with women on my team. So the three of us really wanted to do it. And these girls, um, I think I was like really packed that week too. So they like went out, found wings like found the models like they they helped like we all worked together to get it going but we turned it around in like four days and then I edited it in like two to three which is unheard of like usually like it was it was a quick one um we had mainly good feedback uh it was, and so this was like a, a full out photo shoot just for anyone who hasn't yet been exposed to this image. And I yeah. highly encourage you, you know, go over to Brienne's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram website. Yeah. Uh, these images are beautiful. It's sort of in the the same kind of uh, vein as the Victoria's mm-hmm. Secret models with the angel wings, yes. but with beautiful body diversity. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. Uh, it was, no, it was amazing. <laughs> it was a very ethereal vibe going mm. on. I loved everybody I worked with. On on that one it was so awesome um mainly it was great it was mostly like very positive feedback uh we did there was a few people that attacked because they felt there wasn't enough diversity so we had one woman of color we actually had another two women of color scheduled to be in it and they canceled the night before oh. and so there, the person commented something derogatory about it being white. And I said, you know, you're absolutely right. I wanted more diversity. There is one woman of color. We had two more people. And I had to make the decision to either continue on with the message mm-hmm. or not do the shoot because of that. And most people were like, great, good, you continue. But then the one person was like, you shouldn't have done the shoot. Some people are just there to argue, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And that's, that's the internet nowadays. It's just taking it with a grain of salt. There are like... There are days where people can be really mean and I can be like, whatever. And then there's other days where I'm like, I need to take like a day or two off Instagram because it's mentally, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely, it can be draining. Like that yeah. hurts your feelings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the last thing I would ever want someone to think is that I was being inappropriate or not having enough diversity. Like mm-hmm. That wasn't the intention. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully most normal, relatively level-headed people would say, Okay, at least she's aware of it. She's acknowledged it. It's not like she was totally ignorant to it in the first place, but it just, you know, life happens, timing, scheduling, and what's more important is to move forward with the right. actual message. And Otherwise, you're losing was, point. There yeah. still was diversity. Yeah. Just <laughs> not enough. Yes. It didn't look like the UN, <laughs> then yeah. gosh. <laughs> yeah. It's, 
you know, you try. Yeah. And you know what? 90, 96% of the feedback was amazing. So I'm mm-hmm. happy about that. Mm-hmm. I was actually going to ask you how you deal and respond to haters and negativity, especially with the nature of the, the images that you put together. I mean, I can imagine that you get a real mixed bag on a regular basis. And it sounds like sometimes you, you just don't engage. But I try and make it a rule now not to engage. Mm. Um, if... And a lot of the time, though, I will not delete the comment unless it is just because I think it's better to educate so that everybody can see mm-hmm. um, rather than humiliate, which I think is what happens a lot of the time, unless mm-hmm. the person's just being like ridiculous and like, <laughs> uh, you know, like, yep. then yep. you just you remove it. Um there are days where like I can take it and I can be fine and it's like it is what it is. Um, mm. There are other days where it's hard. Like I've cried, I've definitely cried multiple times. And, oh. like my boyfriend like will be like, it's okay. Like it's oh. just Instagram. But like at the end of the day, like I'm still a person and like it still sucks. It's your work. You put a lot yeah. into your yeah. work. I've just read actually an amazing book by John Ronson called So You've Been Publicly Shamed. And it's huh. about the evolution of how it's become – how like public stoning has become the internet phenomenon that it is now. So it's like wow. written from both perspectives. So from the people that have been publicly stoned uh, mm. and the people attacking too. So like you get women that have been <clears throat> say racist or said something inappropriate and then you have mobs attacking her being like, we're gonna murder you, we're gonna rape you. So like, wow. so what gets, what's worse, right? Yeah. Like threatening rape and murder, like it's, it's it's pretty crazy. If you have if you like to read, it's a great book. Yeah, no, that's definitely gonna be added to the list. It was interesting. I was I was just listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago, and I, I think it was the the founder of that Tushy brand, like it's like the bidet brand. I think she okay. used to be the CEO of that Thinks Period Underwear, okay. and there was a big blow up that happened at her company, and she was accused of sexual assault. Although she what she was trying to do was create a very radical company culture, okay. and as a result someone whom got fired after they got fired decided to launch this big public shaming type wild goose chase um, even though the allegations didn't end up being truthful uh, just to try to bring her down as someone who is successful in the public eye and what she was really encouraging us to do is do even one layer of research Mm -hmm. don't just read the headline and grab the pitchforks right it's it's it sucks being on that. So I actually this was a couple months ago. Um, I posted an image from a photo shoot that I had done probably about a year and a half ago that had been published in a magazine. So I would have shot it about two years ago, but I posted it recently, uh, just being like one of my favorite images of all time. Somebody in Europe tagged somebody, and this girl went on this um, tyrant. Tyrant? That's a tyrant. Tyrant's right. <laughs> yes. got really angry. Yes, yes. Okay. Let's just and she t- tyrade, tyrade, maybe. Yeah, Some, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so she took. You're the, good. <laughs> she took the image. She posted in her story and said that I had stolen her video, the concept from her video. The video had been shot after my photo shoot had been shot. What? But she just didn't do the research. She then took the time to go through my Instagram and try and pull out other images and be like, this is very similar to this artist and this is similar to this artist. She was just being really mean. I pro- I DM'd her. I wasn't negative. Whenever I do uh, interact with people, I try to like not have any emotion. I was like, hey, like 
sorry that you feel the need to do this, but you can see this was physically published like, right. two years ago. And she, all she wrote was, okay. So what she was doing at that point, she then got a whole bunch of other people to comment and reposted it on all their stories. So Aww. it was on about 20 people's stories. And I tried, like, I, I tried to reason with her. She just didn't have any. So she was at this point was just looking for the likes because looking like the artist that had been wronged and had her work stolen, but she didn't. Like I had never heard of her before that. There's even physical proof that it was done before that. But it was just some people are just want to are using what's happening in society now, which is great mm -hmm. um, for their own pur purposes. Like what she did was just mean, and she wanted likes, uh, and it she used me as the the person and that sucks that day i cried uh, <laughs> because like as an artist like no. to be called out or something like that that hurts like that really sucked yeah that cuts you right to your core yeah. you're right it's a the sort of technological equivalent of a crappy rumor mill it's like high school mm -hmm. behavior of yeah. let's all start shit around this one person who doesn't deserve to feel this way and make them feel bad so we can we can move ahead yeah. That's, ugh, I'm sorry that happened to you. Oh, thank you. Now yeah, we, I, I we know, myth it. myth yeah. debunked yeah. for anyone hypothetically who might still <laughs> believe <Yeah>. that. <laughs> um, another question before we go back to our, our regular scheduled questions. <laughs> um, because your work is a bit more provocative, so both visually and intellectually, mm -hmm. How much pushback do you tend to get? Um, and, and that's maybe not necessarily just straight up haters who might be just trolling your page, but mm -hmm. just in, in general, people who might be pushing you back, they might say, oh, oh, that's too sexy or, oh, that that makes me feel too uncomfortable. Is that something that you face at all or not really? I do. So when I used to, um, I used to, like I still include nudes every once in a while, but I used to include some more nudes. And I remember I went out for a lunch with a girlfriend that I hadn't hung out with for in a couple of years. And she was like, she said something like, so I see a lot of uh, promiscuous or like might have called them sluts or something. What? And like the pushback that you see is mainly from women, which really sucks because it's like we should be empowering women to do whatever the hell you want. Like that's what feminine is, fe feminism is. Mm -hmm. I think that like people think that it's like being proper and keeping your clothes on and not, you know, like it's. It's the ability to have the choice. And like if someone wants to do a nude photo shoot, then all the power to them. You know what I mean? So yep. like I do get pushback. Uh, not really as much as of late. Um, but mainly like you'll see women. Uh, it's as much as I hate to say it. Like it's women pulling apart other women, which really needs to stop in my opinion. Yep. Seconded over here. No, that that's something that's always disappointed me is – perhaps coming from someone's repressed sexuality or repressed upbringing or something like that, they decide to paint everyone else in either the, you know, what is it? The, the, like the virgin or the whore type yeah. dichotomy. And you're like, really? That's, it's, it's so limiting. Okay. And you're totally right. The whole, the whole thing that we should be doing, the whole reason of feminism that we should be embodying is how can we bring each other up? How can we all, all succeed equally and just have that freedom to make our own choices, whatever those choices might be, whether it's healthcare, education, sexuality, and beyond career, etc. And if you don't agree with someone's choice, then that's fine. You don't have to agree with mm -hmm. everyone's choice, but it's just allowing them to make that choice. Yeah. That's the most important thing. And again, like 
it's not putting your day out by like you know what i mean like, no why are you taking the time to be mean no and someone said to me the other day it was really good when you make an insult or a, com- a negative comment to someone it's usually a reflection of something about yourself right so like you might not realize it but if you take a step back and be like okay maybe it's because i'm actually insecure about my body or maybe i'm you know sexually not as open and i'm uncomfortable about that and i want to be and that's why i'm attacking other people because of that right and and that's a good point because in some cases there are many of us who have gone through all sorts of traumas Mm -hmm. and ones that perhaps we have buried deep down inside that we have come out in these weird bizarre you know, spurts of behavior or comments or things like that. And we've talked about with previous podcast guests, it's like, this is a good opportunity for that introspection to look inside and deal with your own shit instead of making other people's lives harder. Yeah. Yeah, And what I really appreciate about your work, by the way, and I'm not going to fangirl too hard here, (laughs) but it, you do have actually like the nudity that you do portray in some of your work is very tasteful and very cool and fun and interesting. Like it's I, it's like visual eye candy in like a, a fun way. It's not like your expected nudity yeah. and it's not the voyeuristic, like it's not the same voyeuristic style as like a Terry Richardson where it seems like, oh, this guy is like shady as shit and he's doing weird stuff. It's like, no, this is fun. You'll notice the, and like, don't get me wrong, there's tons of amazing male photographers out there, but you'll usually notice if you see, you'll notice the difference between a female shooting another female nude Mm. compared to a male shooting another male, I mean, shooting another female Mm. nude. Like there's lots of even the different way that they shoot. So a lot of males, and it's not intentionally, intentional, I'm sure, will shoot from above. Mm Mm-hmm. So you'll have like, and that's their their dominant position that they're shooting over the nude female. Like there's lots of those like in between the legs, nude female pose. Huh, yeah. That's the dominant position, putting them in the submissive position. Right. When I'm shooting someone like that, I will never shoot someone because it just is a very um, demeaning position to me. Like I'll shoot up a lot, you know, across. And, and it's not even something I did intentionally, but I just realized as I was looking at like the comparison between males and females, uh, photography that that's a very common uh, shot that males do. That's really interesting. It's like literally the subconscious gender roles playing out in art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. But and you also like as a female photographer, uh, you know what looks good as a female, right? Right. Like you know what your pose would be, what you would feel comfortable with, whereas a male might not because they they haven't been in your shoes, so they might not yep. necessarily know that. And again, there's a, a, tons of amazing male photographers out there, so I'm not mm-hmm. speaking poorly of them, but, but something observed. It's <laughs> a cool pattern yeah. either way. That's awesome. All right, well, let's go back to question three here, which is how do you balance work and life? Uh, not well. <laughs> my uh I definitely have an addictive personality and I um I, I'm three years sober now actually oh congratulations um, thank you and it's just it's not I didn't have a, a drinking problem I just knew that when I was going off by myself uh the only person again I was responsible at the end of the day was me so if I was hungover then it's my own damn fault that I wasn't making money mm-hmm. um so I decided to quit uh so, but I feel like my addiction has moved to my work. So mm. I'm very, 
um, consumed with it. But I don't think that's a bad thing to be addicted to because <laughs> I love it. And it's not like I have a very healthy um, life at home and with a boyfriend and cats and dogs. And it's great. Right. It yeah. seems like right now, at least like your work mm-hmm. is something that you're so passionate about that you enjoy. It seems like it's almost like a lifestyle, yeah. not like a typical job where you have yeah. to segment. This is this is work, Brianne, versus yeah. fun, Brianne. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like I do. I have noticed in the past like half year. So my dad passed away um, in June. Oh, so a few months ago. I'm sorry. That's OK. Um, uh, I've taken more time. Um, to myself so like today mm-hmm. I woke up I went to the gym um, and I took Gucci for a walk and then I started doing work around noon and like that's not every day but like there's some days where I'm like I'm gonna do this first and then I'm gonna do the work so mm-hmm. it's good to give yourself that time because as well as a creative if you're constantly going 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 you can't think up the creative ideas because your brain's just mush yeah you're just burning yourself out mm-hmm. so it sounds like you really consciously Put yourself first and don't put mm-hmm. too much pressure on yourself to just only live work. Yes. That's yes. awesome. That took a while to learn, but I'm, I'm there kind of now. Oh, man. I'm I'm still working on it. I think a lot of us are still working on it, but that's a good yeah. good reminder. Yeah. My bo- my boyfriend will remind me too. He'll give me shit. Like on New Year's, I was sitting there editing some photos and he was like, it's almost midnight. It's like, C- Come on. Computer? And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Come here. My let's bad. count down. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I still exist. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Aw. That's nice, though. He's yeah. so supportive, too. Yeah. And he holds you accountable. He's very supportive. I have to say, like, he's, this is going to give him a big head, but, like, he is, <laughs> is, I don't know what I would do without him. Like, we are teammates. Like, we work off of each other and, like, work on both of our careers together. Like, we both support. I help him with his artwork, and he helps me with pretty much everything. And, like, I can't do technological things. He sets up all my computers. Um, I empathize. I really empathize. (laughs) My partner sitting over here producing this podcast. So, yes, (laughs) breach. So he's great. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Really happy to hear it. And and you can tell like you glow when you when you speak about this. Thanks. So it's it, it really <laughs> does come through. All right, moving forward to question four. Can you tell us about a difficult moment in your life? Um, I mean, I've had a lot of difficult moments, but like you become I'm just I'm a pretty positive person now that it's not things that I dwell on, but someone will be talking about it and I'll about something that's happened to them and I'll be like, oh shit, yeah, that happened to me. But like, mm-hmm. it's just, I've grown so much from the different things that have happened that um, I, they're not something that I think about. I think, um, you know, I was actually sexually assaulted by a male photographer here. Oh no. And it wasn't necessarily, I mean, the actual action was difficult in itself, but it was when I came out and told people about a year and a half, two years ago, that was really difficult because I posted it on Facebook and just someone else had been like, hey, this person did this to me. And like, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, they did. I was like, I'm going to share that they did this to me. And I didn't realize the scale of like me doing that because mm-hmm. so many other people came forward and was like, he did that to me, too. And like people were more aware of him and he's, I'm not going to say his name because he's still a photographer here mm-hmm. uh, in Toronto, but it was, that was really hard. 
that was a hard one, especially because in the industry, like you, I mean, the reason I didn't speak out about it when it happened, it was like six or seven years ago was because like, I was so afraid of people like saying that I was lying. And it's such a small, like as big as you think Toronto is, it was, it was a small, small city. I, I definitely regret not saying it at the time and like getting him in trouble because other people, and it will still be one of my biggest regrets, but I'm glad that I did speak out at the end of the day. And I'm glad that a lot of other people are getting called out for doing that sort of thing because nobody deserves to be in a position where they feel scared or uncomfortable. And there's still, it still happens a lot of time. I always tell, you know, young models I'm working with, if you go in and like your stomach does not feel right like if you have that feeling like get out i don't care how many followers the person has like they it's not okay there's nothing is worth um you know likes on instagram you know what i mean 100 percent. thank you for sharing that by the way i know that's you know even though you said hey i've talked about this publicly before even thinking about it again it's never a, a hard it's never an easy thing i should say to think about and talk about and bring up again it's hard mm -hmm. and that is really important advice because especially now with social media, uh, many of us are very invested in our image. And so a lot of women do photo shoots and, you know, do collaborations mm -hmm. just to get some cool images and stuff like that. Yeah. And this stuff does happen all the time. I see photography as something in particular as very, very vulnerable. You're sharing yourself with yeah. someone else. And sometimes that someone else is not going to be respectful. Yeah. And they're there's, going to cross the line. There's a lot of people that I feel like, I feel like a lot of photographers and, you know, maybe, and this is just an observation that like maybe they didn't have the highest self-esteem in school and growing up. And this was a way to have power by holding hmm. that camera in their hand. And then they kind of take advantage of people. And I've seen like quite a few people, uh, so many stories of like it happening and like, you know, getting girls to have a couple of drinks before they do the photo shoot. Like, mm -hmm. that's not okay. Like, putting someone in a position where they're not safe is never okay. And it's, yeah, it sucks that it's happened, but there's, I'm so glad that there's so many stories and, like, people talking out about it. And, like, mm -hmm. even, like, younger women now, like, there was, I think it was on Will Smith's Instagram the other day, his daughter who I'm not even sure how old she is, I want to say like 15, mm -hmm. was talking about it. And she was just like, she was like, hell no, like I would never put myself in a position. And I was like, yes, it's so amazing to see people have that that strength because like the generation above us were taught to just be quiet and carry yep. on, right? Obedient. And yep. it's starting to like break through. So that's that's awesome. That makes me happy. Agreed. Agreed. And I think the more we collectively keep talking about this and sharing these stories, even the whole, you know, hashtag me too movement, some people you know, roll their eyes about it. Some people are yeah. saying, oh, I've heard enough of this. But it's not going to be enough until we ultimately eliminate the problem, which mm -hmm. is the source. I saw that, you know, someone, it was the first time I spoke out. I try not to interact with people, mm -hmm. but someone did like a meme, like a couple of memes on their status the other day of Bill Cosby. And I was like, when you joke about it, you make light of the entire thing. Mm -hmm. Like, and I know you're not trying to do it. And like, I, I, I didn't publicly shame this person. I properly DM'd them and was like, hey, like, it's amazing that you have such like a great interactive audience. Like, and this was a friend of mine. And 
Um, I was actually working on a project at the time where I was reading about the 60 women that he sexually assaulted and raped. And I was like, I don't think this is funny. And when you do do jokes like this, you make it seem like it is okay. Like it's not okay to make jokes like that. And I like, I, you know, I try not to come across like too aggressive to people, but like the more and more you make light of a subject, the more it's other people are going to think it's okay to get get away with it exactly and and you can say that with with race with gender with sexuality like, you know, when people make jokes about it that aren't actually jokes they're not even funny you know what i yeah. mean they're just trying to to they're just being an idiot yeah you know what i mean and then you're right it makes it um an area where mm-hmm. they think it's acceptable there was an interview I saw the other day, and I wish I remember the guy's name, but it was this uh, a male being interviewed, and he said, until we all admit as men that we have at one point in our lives put a woman in a situation where she felt uncomfortable, we will not be able to move forward. And it's not like people mm-hmm. were doing it with malicious intentions. Like when you were 19, 20, the guy being like, just come on. Like that was a normal yeah. thing at the time, but we didn't realize that that was sexually assaulting somebody. Mm-hmm. So until we have the guts to like say that as 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 or as all males, he was saying, we won't be able to move forward. And it's not to like say like all men are bad. Like, no. like men are great. In fact, there's tons of men that are out there that are making such big waves with this subject. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, in in all areas of life, until you take accountability of yourself, we can't move forward with the big picture. Yeah, that's a really important mm-hmm. thought. And I know, you know, with some of these more public stories that have come out, they're like, oh, you know, I'm scared that something I said or did when I was a teenager or when I was in my early 20s is going to come out and haunt me for the rest of my lives. But, you know, at the same time, though, sometimes even the people who haven't done these things, you're not putting yourselves in a great position by not speaking up Mm -hmm. and speaking out when you witness this type of behavior. It sounds ridiculous, but sometimes, you know, that there are guys that will say something or do something problematic and they just have their ears closed to anyone who might not be their inner circle. So that is like your biggest opportunity to be a really great ally. And when you were talking before um, about it being power when it it comes to sexual assault and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, it truly is. Sometimes it's not even about being sexually invested or interested in that person. And that's like a common thread we hear so much. And it it makes me so sad to hear um, these things that keep happening over and over again. But I think some people are, when I talk about this with people, they say, oh, is it happening more now than it did before? But I think people are just now talking about it more. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of it comes to like down to mental health, right? Like with almost literally everything that we can break apart, whether it be gun, sexual assault, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I mean, as much as like it's going to be something that people are going to be like, you shouldn't say that. Like I do feel sympathy for the people that are committing the crimes as well. Like Mm they probably come from – you know, like we don't know where they come from. We don't know what's happened to them. We don't know what is happening in their head, what's been suppressed. They've been told all their lives, like they're not allowed to feel this way. There's not allowed to do this and they haven't got the proper help too, right? Yeah. That I, by no means do I think it's okay what they did. In fact, Mm -hmm. I think it's really fucking wrong. Yeah. But you need to, we need to, like, it's about this like public shaming thing. Like people, lives 
are completely ruined. And in some cases, like with R. Kelly, they should be ruined. Yeah, right? yeah, you know yeah. I, mean? I guess to a certain point, you're yeah. like, all right, you deserve yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, and like, and people should be penalized. I'm definitely agreeing with that. Um, but I think um, there needs to be room for rehabilitation too, yes. right? Like we need to, we need to um, not be like, kill that person. We need to help people to become better as much as that's probably not going to be a loved opinion. Like I think... I mean, I I always think I want to help anybody. I agree. I completely agree. And I, I think one tough thing that we face is a lack of resources and infrastructure for that rehabilitative process. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a brilliant idea and it makes so much sense. So even people who commit more, say, conventional crimes and things like that, they get locked away in jail. Yeah. You know, it it's it's that mentality of keeping them in an unhappy situation like a jail where they're not really learning anything and they're just locked away just that's not going to change the behavior upon release exactly you know even if you if you market it as this is a rehabilitative process like no no you're not actually educating you're not actually giving them the no. the skill set or the work and this you know psychologist it's like all of the things that you need to be able to actually evolve someone's character yeah. You're like just letting that those feelings fester until mm-hmm. they get out. Like yep. it's, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like mm-hmm. I definitely, I, I do agree with people going to jail. I think there's way too many people getting off of it. It's one of the hardest things to accuse um, and people actually go to jail for, which mm-hmm. sucks because um, that makes it harder for other people to go forward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if we don't, go forward and talk about it then those people could do it to somebody else and won't get the help that they they need to i totally agree and and you'd mentioned when you were talking about this this awful assault is you said well i regret not speaking up about this mm-hmm. sooner but at the same time i don't see that as something that should be a regret and obviously this is just a peanut gallery over here but the fact that you did speak up in general takes a lot of bravery and everyone goes through their own process. They need their own amount of time and processing and, and things like that. So I think it's very easy to say in hindsight, oh, I, I should have said this sooner. But at the same time, we need to respect yeah. where, where we're at, man. Yeah. Like if something traumatic happens, you can't just say, oh, yeah, tomorrow I'm going to speak up and take on yeah, the world and right? start this whole thing. <laughs> That's like, and it's like the, uh, you know, like people have like as, as I don't want to get super dark, but like people have committed suicide because they've come forward and accused people of of rape and then been mm-hmm. called out in court as a liar. Like imagine yep. being raped and then being told that you're a liar. Yep. Like I can't think of a worse feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 insane. And you know, when I did speak up, there was one girl that wrote, you should be more careful about publicly outing someone like this. Like you could get in trouble. And I was like, you, wow. are, the problem. <laughs> you are the problem with people coming forward. Like that's not okay. And you know what? She didn't, she doesn't think, she didn't, I don't think it came from like a negative place. I think she was actually trying to like watch out for me. Mm-hmm. But by saying that, like people need to know that you're you're making it harder for people to come out and speak out against people. You're adding to the problem, you know. I mean, I I think it is important to listen to everyone, listen to the story, listen to both sides of the story, and then do, do a little bit of research, do a tiny bit of research, listen to the actual stories, and then be like, oh, oh, okay, this is very obviously what happened as opposed to, you know, just a, yeah, you know, I'm going to jump to the conclusion like we talked about before. Yeah. But 
thank crazy. thank you for being brave enough to share that at then and now and uh happy to see you still beaming and being wonderful and positive yeah. <laughs> and making beautiful art thank you now to lighten things up yeah <laughs> question real dark no no second. it's okay <laughs> this it's a whole roller coaster yeah. here on legit lady podcast we go up and down school um question five is who or what inspires you the most you know, I never know what to answer to this question. There's not like a specific person that I follow and I'm like, I love them. Like I, there's, I find inspiration in like the smallest things. It's the weirdest. Like I will go on little adventures by myself through the city, like not intentionally. Like I'll go to run an errand in the distillery and then we'll just walk back home. Like six hours later, I've gone to like a couple churches and like done like these weird things. My boy was like, where the fuck have you been? Awesome. Just hanging out in a church, like (laughs) talking to this person. Like I, I don't, I'm kind of strange and I like it. It's entertaining in my head. That's brilliant. That's the best way to be. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. And has there been any other interesting nooks or places you've discovered in Toronto that you feel like sharing? Oh, um, Allen Gardens is great. Mm. Allen Gardens is very good. A lot of, I feel like a lot of people don't know where that is in Toronto. Mm. Have you been there? I've never been, no, but so I've heard about it a lot. It's like a big freaking garden. Like, it's so <laughs> nice. And it's like, especially if you're sick too, it's like, it's all... I don't know the proper word, but it's moisturized. Like it's very nice. <laughs> it's like humid. Yes, it like opens up your sinuses. Yeah. <laughs> Botanicals. It's very, it's very like peaceful. I bought a donut and just sat in there the other day. <laughs> it was very weird. That sounds like a great time. Yeah, it was good. I, I was like happy. that. Uh, that's nice though. But I, I, there's no expected answer to that type of question. Yeah. It's just authentic to you. And yeah. so especially seeing like how varied even your work is, I'm not surprised by that. I could see you just say like, see one thing or one motif or one scene or one idea and you're like, oh, this is going to inspire my whole next thing. Yes, so that's exactly what happens. I go down a rabbit hole when I there's one thing I want to do. Like mm-hmm. it's, that's by for like a day while I plan it. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I uh, was reading a little bit about you, obviously, in preparation for this. <laughs> Hopefully. Not on how you to pronounce your name, clearly, yeah. but <laughs> other things. And um, I, I noticed in one piece that uh, you mentioned that you use cats and like a, a feline type of reoccurring theme. I don't oh. know if that was misquoted or not. That was in Toronto Life. Right. So they were doing, uh, yeah, they did a piece. I think it was because the there was a cat in that particular <laughs> image. That being said, I love cats. My cat's great. Um, <laughs> and I do think that uh, there's, you know, I've always loved tigers. Like, if you were to play that game, like, what animal would you come back of? It would probably be a tiger or a cat. I like them. It's not something that I use that much in my booth, but I remember (laughs) that being written, and I was like, oh, okay, I could go with that. You're like, okay, sure, why not? Uh, Cats are cool. (laughs) Okay. Well, with that being said, are there other common themes in your artwork that are either conscious or unconscious? Um, I did go through a phase where I was doing a lot of uh, close-up mouthpieces. So I had my mm. art show last October. Mouthpiece, Yeah, right? so it was a year and a half ago now. It was called Mouthpiece, and it was all close-ups of mouths. So it's like 
there's just something so powerful. Like there is, you know, like one of my images is a girl um, drooling. And mm-hmm. it was like, it struck. Like some people were like, oh no, like I can't look at that. And then other people were like, <laughs> I love this piece. Like I think it was probably me while I was sleeping. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a drooler. <laughs> yeah, me too. I get excited <laughs> and I drool. I'm just a very salvacious person. Um, but like that was cool. I went through a stage of doing that. I constantly feel like I'm changing up what I'm doing like every six months. Um, I, I, I just always need to be doing something new and creative. I think I probably have like undiagnosed ADD. Like I like, <laughs> I, there always needs to be something new, but I like it like that. Cause right. Like, cause then it's just constantly new stuff that I get to work on. Right. And do you find that your art evolves naturally or do you consciously say, I'm going to do something totally different. I need to change this. Oh, it's natural. It's oh. like by accident. So the I'm actually planning my next art show for this uh, April. And it was completely by accident. So this is going to be a step away from photography and more back into my art roots. Wow. Um, I don't know if you saw, I made this piece at Christmas for my boyfriend. It was the, I remade the front cover of the Nirvana album In Utero, but I made it out of all antiques and pieces that were relevant to Nirvana. So this is like a six foot tall piece. It was insane. It took a long time. But now what we're going to do is a six-piece um, series that's going to be unveiled in April. And there's, like, some really cool things happening with it. I can tell you about one of the pieces. It's going to be yeah. um, a Jordan-based piece. So it's going to be the Jumpman logo. And so it's, like, everything is so intricate. Like, I've done so much bloody research on this piece. Like, it's – I've ordered, like, a ticket stub from, like, his 1991 game to, like, the Sports Illustrated cover to, like – the specific type of shoes that wow. he like, we've done. And then there's going to be like six poker chips to represent his six um, championships. Like it's, it's, we, I've gone off on this one. So it'll be six similar pieces like that. And that's my next big thing that we're, we're working on right now. Do you think he's going to respond? The, well, I'm working with the company already. Oh, so yeah, it's already, yeah, wow, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. wow. I was so going to be like, what is the, what about the man himself? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Michael Jordan would be, that would be. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the few people that if I met, I'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Fangirl. Yeah. I don't, like, I mean, like, I obviously I respect people and I love their work and stuff, but there's not, I don't really get, like, that excited anymore. But when I do meet some people, like, that is a person that I'd be like, okay. You're cool. Yeah. <laughs> and you're cool and, and tall. Yeah. I say I'm such an awkward person too. Like I'll meet people at shoots and be like, yo, you're really tall, eh? And they'll be like, <laughs> yes. Or like we'll be out buying groceries and the girl will have like insanely cool eyes and be like, yo, your eyes are cool. And my boyfriend will be like, you need to tell people what you do. Like it sounds like you're going to steal their <laughs> eyes from them. Like, I'm like, yeah, okay, good point. He just show up beside yeah. their car door like, hey. Hey, yeah. hey nice <laughs> eyes. Oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um do you have any other fun stories about other collaborations that you've had either with celebrities or any fun gigs or shoots or stuff that you've done in the past? Um, oh, that's a good question. I mean, I shot TIFF this year. That mm. was fun. That was with um, – I worked with Huawei Mobile. Um, that was cool. I got to do like the whole red carpet experience. I met so many people. Wow. Um, Who stuck out in your mind? Uh, 
what's the girl's name from the most popular book and movie from all time uh about the vampires oh twilight Kristen Stewart Stewart. I don't know why I know Mm -hmm. that I don't know anyone's name she was like (laughs) so like everybody was yelling at her and like yelling at people is not really my jam and I was like I was like hey Kristen do you mind doing this and she was like I think it was because I was so polite she like turned and looked at me and smiled and like laughed and I was like oh okay and it was shooting the whole thing on the phone too right so she was like what is this girl doing like with all the other photographers with their massive cameras it's like it's just me it's cool. yes yeah. oh that's tr- true Canadianness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you mind turning this way please and everyone's like Kirsten 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 and I was like uh yeah that was that was an aggressive experience that's not usually something I do so. <laughs> no but that's that's actually really cool um I, I mean I, we just got back from a trip to India and there it's very normal when you're going shopping to have people shopkeepers and things like that just yell at you to uh to entice you to come into their store and even if you politely decline, they still will be chasing after you and yelling at you to come into their store. And it's so funny. I'm like, someone has not told them. They did not get the memo that yelling at people, especially foreigners, especially. I'm like, yelling at them and chasing them and continuing to yell at them, especially once they said no about three times, is, is not the way to <laughs> entice them into their store. If anything, it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I get really socially awkward. Like, if someone's like, hey, can I help you today? I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'm just, I'm just like, to, like, look by myself abort mission yeah (laughs) cool thanks for sharing all right let's move on to question six which is what is the most adventurous thing you have ever done oh that's a good question as well um we have a couple of them (laughs) we try (laughs) um I mean, like when I first started, I was like, let's do a photo shoot out at Toronto Island. So I broke into the amusement park um, and I like climbed the roller coaster and like hung upside down to take like cool pictures. And yeah, I didn't really abide by the law very much in the beginning because I did like a lot of run and gun style photography. So it was like wherever the coolest place could be. I mean, probably nobody else do that because it's not. <laughs> Don't yeah. advise. Yeah, yeah. I never even heard that run and, run and gun. Yeah. So it's a style of photography wow. where you're like, you're just like, if I was like, hey, let's go out in the street and we'll just take photos, right? Wow. Whereas now my photography is more stylized. I do a lot of shoots in my studio and and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah, that that's pretty damn adventurous. Wow. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> that's amazing. Was it at night or during the day? Oh, it was nighttime. Okay. It was scary. It was wow. very scary. Damn. Yeah. That's that's hardcore. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. Jeez. That's awesome. Uh question 7, what do you attribute your success to? Uh I mean, like, I want to be positive about it, but it's probably a lot of people telling me that I can't or I couldn't back then. So, like, um, my biggest motivation is if someone tells me no or, like, you know, if some boyfriend was a jerk 10 years ago and was like, you're never going to amount to anything. In my head, I'm like, I'll show you what I'm going to amount to. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, like, um, 
you know, negativity and bad experiences are always, I've always used them as ammunition to Mm -hmm. like kick butt as much as I can. That is the best life motto to be able to embody. It's like literally this phoenix rising from the ashes in any instance. That's my favorite character too. Oh, good. (laughs) I have actually, the only tattoo I have on me is a bird of paradise, which is supposed to be the flower equivalent of the phoenix. Amazing. And my favorite X-Men character because I'm a big Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. Ah, and I like the flower theme with the Brienne peony thing. Yeah. <laughs> perfect, perfect. We're on we're on brand. Awesome. All right. Question eight. What item or items could you never live without? I mean, I don't know if you can count my dog as an item, but like I'm obsessed with Why him. Not? He's like my love of my life. Gucci. My boyfriend's like, you love the dog more than me. And I'm like, no. That's not true. Yeah, like, <laughs> as you're smiling and yeah, nodding, yeah. yes. <laughs> and I like, love yeah, you, yeah. but. <laughs> Gucci's just like, the best thing about like animals is like, they don't like, I mean, like I love my boyfriend and boyfriends are great and stuff, but like, they're annoying sometimes. <laughs> and we're, it's like, my dog just like, loves me for me and mm. like when I come home he's like it's you and you're like yeah it is and I'm great and it's like they're just it's just so much love like I I love my pets so much I'm like a freak dog owner mom and I'm totally fine with it oh there's so many people who feel yeah. that way about their fur baby and I think that's awesome yeah. how long have you had Gucci for Gucci um like a year and a half he's a year and a half old so oh. just under that yeah he's uh. still a baby Oh, and what kind of dog? He's a pug, but he's like a freak pug. Like when we got him, Sam was like, I want a dog that's going to be chill. Like I don't have to walk a lot. Gucci's like the most psycho animal ever. He has so much energy and is like freakishly tall and lanky. Like pugs aren't supposed to be like that. And he's like, he's the best ever. He's so funny. Oh my goodness. That's so cute. I love animals. Like whenever we travel, it seems to be like a new animal I become obsessed with. Like when we went to Hawaii, there were chickens everywhere. And when we came back, I'm like, I really want to have pet chickens. Like I (laughs) want to raise chickens. I love a pet chicken. Right? And then we came back from India and there's cows everywhere. And I'm like, I really want to hug the cow and I know I can't do that. I know it's super disrespectful because they're sacred, but yeah. they're just so cute and majestic. So Cows are actually quite hard to take care of. I, can I was imagine. like, I'm from the dairy capital of Canada. Right. <laughs> like we used to have like like dairy week or something it was called where they would teach you like how to milk the cow how to impregnate the cow like oh wow it was like really weird it's like a 10 year old that you should be learning <laughs> i don't remember why that was it was weird i come from a small town there <laughs> you go i actually know a few people from woodstock really so, yeah yeah we, I'll, we'll, we'll chat after yeah. maybe maybe we know some people in common yeah <laughs> Uh, So I have a couple extra questions before we start to wrap things up. And I wanted to ask you if you had any advice for new or hustling visual artists or photographers that are newer in their career. Maybe they're struggling in some way, shape or form. Honestly, like just fake it till you make it. And like 
I'll have, I'll still have people call me up and be like, hey, can you do this? And for how much? And I'm like, absolutely. And it's this much. And then I'm Googling how you do that Mm -hmm. and like figuring out, like, you just have to hustle. Like, don't expect anything to be handed to you. Like, when I used to do a photo shoot, I would prepare it as like a deck and I would send it to like 10 different magazines to see if they would publish it. Like, I work, I, I mean, it's I've slowed down specifically now because I can because I have more job opportunities. But back then, like I just worked so you just work so hard. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing is beneath you. Take opportunities to like to learn, shoot different stuff. Like I know that I can't shoot weddings. I know that there's mm-hmm. other stuff I can't shoot, um, but I do know what I can shoot, and I wouldn't have known if I hadn't taken the opportunity to try it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just try. And a lot of it is about networking. As much as like that sucks, like I didn't go to I didn't go to school for photography. I didn't go to school for arts. I didn't. I just taught myself. I YouTubed like a motherfucker. And like, <laughs> like just YouTube. Like, the knowledge is everything. Um, another thing for artists and people in photography as well is the program Linda. Um, a secret that not a lot of people know is if you get a Toronto Library card, which is free, they have free uh, um, classes, and it's usually forty dollars a month. So you can just input your Toronto Library card number and you can get all the courses that'll teach you how to do Photoshop and how to do Lightroom. And is that like the lynda.com? <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. And it was funny. So I work for LinkedIn and, and LinkedIn actually bought lynda.com and it's now being rebranded as LinkedIn Learning. But oh, really? that's actually awesome to hear that yeah. for creatives, that that's such a, a powerful resource. Yeah, Linda's amazing. Linda taught me how to be a photographer. Huh. That's awesome. It's so true. Very cool. And what advice, since you work with a lot of women, uh, what advice can you give women who are maybe camera shy or feel uncomfortable in front of a lens? Um, I mean, I get super uncomfortable now. Like, and I used to model, but I think it's because I'm like so aware of like all the different angles that are happening. Um, I'm, I actually I think that I'm past that. There was like a when I first started, I was super uncomfortable. Now there's just such a shift in what's happening and about body empowerment and stuff like that that like I'm not uncomfortable anymore. And like if the picture's not great, who cares? Like it's mm-hmm. not like I remember when I was younger, you know, getting that picture to show that you were at the event and like posing for like a half an hour, taking like a hundred pictures to get the image. <laughs> I'm like now one picture, one, I'm done. Okay, we're good. Let's go. Yeah. I was here um, at the end. Yeah. I uh, I mean, just it's it all comes from inside you, right? Like if you feel empowered and have self-confidence, then that's going to show through in the picture. That's my answer. That's awesome. <laughs> and any thoughts about people who just hate how they look in pictures? Because even sometimes I, I go through phases. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, every picture I see of myself, I just cringe for some reason, even though maybe I might go and look back on it in a year and be like, oh, that actually was a nice picture. But uh, again, like I think it's, it's common. It's usually just reflective of how you're feeling at that time. Like mm-hmm. if it's like my time of the month, like I'm yeah. probably not going to love the photos of me. And you know what? <laughs> They're probably the exact same as the week before. Yeah. It's all in our head, really. Um, you know, you just got to learn to to love yourself. There's an amazing Instagram account that I follow. Um, my friend Sarah, she's called the Bird's Papaya. 
Um, and she's all about self-empowerment and like being body positive and teaching you, you know, like you don't need to have the perfect angle and everything. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, just be in the moment and like, I don't know, that's definitely one I would check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And as you say that, if I think about some of the photographers, especially like old, old timey or mm-hmm. photographers like Robert Doisneau, like that I, I really appreciate. It's just those fun, candid pictures, yeah. right? And those aren't, they're, they're going to be perfectly imperfect. Yeah. You know? Which is great. That's mm-hmm. Those are my favorite photos. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at doing not candid photos. Like that's <laughs> like when people are like, can you shoot events? And like, it's just going to be people standing there and probably, probably not, but I'll shoot like through the crowd and get the interaction and stuff like that. Those are the pictures that tell like the story. Right. No, you're totally right. Okie dokie. Question nine. Is there anything you'd like to promote? So your show, websites, Instagram, the whole shebang. Sure. Uh, I mean, my Instagram is at Brini. Um, and, but more so my show is coming out in April, which I'm really excited about. So this is like kind of a step away from the photography and into the art world, uh, which I'm really, really, really excited about because that's, I think, where I want to be at the end of the day. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to be doing photography. I'm still doing tons of stuff. Um, but that's going to be running from April 3rd to 10th. Uh, in the old Jonathan and Olivia space on Ossington. So I'll be promoting it um, soon. Not yet, though. Awesome. Yeah. Very I mean, good. I just did now. So <laughs> <laughs> well, this yeah, one won't yeah. release for a few weeks. So yeah. you're, you're good. You're good. You've got time. Okay. That's fabulous. Okay. And any other Instagram accounts for your fur babies you want to promote? I mean, if you, if you want to follow Gucci, he's pretty fabulous. Uh, he's Gucci Dub Hug, D-A instead of T-H-E. He's pretty sassy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I know who I'm following after this yeah, session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. And to round things off with question 10, what is a lesson you learned the hard way that you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh. I know you've shared a lot of sage advice, but. A lesson I've learned the hard way. Um, I mean, it, I always okay it always comes down to something to do with money um so when I first started a big thing for me I was like say you were going to hire me and I was like oh my god this person is so nice they're hiring me blah 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 but they like you need me too to take the pictures and I think what happened was people ended up taking advantage of me for the first like half year to a year because I was just so happy at the opportunity to shoot I was like too afraid to say what I should be charging. So I was charging like super low because I was like, this person, you know, is taking the chance on me, but but, like I was a good photographer. Mm -hmm. And so um, what was happening was by not showing that person that I valued myself, they would take advantage of that. And probably like Mm -hmm. not intentionally, but if you're not going to someone and saying, "Um, I'm worth this much, here's my contract, I need 50% up front, then they're not going to take you seriously. Mm-hmm. So you, even if in your head you're doubting yourself, because I, I still, I'll send a quote to someone and be like, oh my God, that's way too much money. They're going to say no. And I start spiraling, but I don't say any of that out loud. I say, here's the quote. Thank you for your time, blah, blah, blah. Pay me 50% up front. And I move forward and just be quiet and just wait because like, I'll, what's the worst that someone's going to say? No, like mm-hmm. that's not that big of a deal, right? Like, mm-hmm. or like most people, even if I've gone to someone, I had... 
you know, a very large company reached out to me a week and a half ago and needed something in a short turnaround. And I was like, okay, it's going to be this much. And they said, okay, we don't, they come back and we're like, we don't have exactly that much, but we can do this much. And I was totally fine with that because I wanted to work with them. Mm -hmm. Um, You just, you need to have the confidence in yourself, even if you, and, and just even fake the confidence for the first year, because you need to show people um, that you're worth it because if you don't they will take advantage of you they'll be asking for the photos the next day uh, especially with contracts as well like make sure you have stipulations in your contracts that mm. you're going to take this long to do the photos that they have to give you this much up front like there is no shame in protecting yourself in mm. fact it's much more respectable in business to be making sure that you are covered Mm-hmm. that's like my biggest and that took me a long time to learn because there was like even you know even with friends and acquaintances they'd be like i do photos for them and they would be like where are the photos like two days later and like and a lot of the time like it would make me angry but i've learned that it's just that people don't know yeah. so if you just put it in the contract it takes two weeks look at the contract Exactly. They, they just don't yeah. know and they're excited and they yeah. you know and, and i love that advice because I'm sure there's tons of people listening who are creatives or they're self-employed, freelancers, things like that. And I think being able to put a price on your work is something that can be so uncomfortable and sometimes really mushy and esoteric. It's just yeah. we don't know or we don't think we're good enough. And even in a professional world, like a conventional, say, corporate world where, yes, we might have a salary or whatever – even if you're working, say, cross-functionally with people, being able to have the confidence to set the right kinds of boundaries and expectations of that, say, partnership or that team, teamwork or whatever is such a powerful, credible thing to do that many of us don't. We just show up, you know, in an act of service and then let ourselves sometimes get walked on. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. It all comes from, like, self-confidence and, like, and knowing your worth. Like, you really have to know your worth, like, mm-hmm. or you will get walked over in this industry. And I learned the hard way. Oh, my God. And please get 50% up front. I don't care <laughs> if it's, like, your friend or a massive company. If it's your first time working with them, get 50% up front. I've had huge companies not pay me for, like, four months. That's a lot of money, mm-hmm. especially if with mine, like I have to stage a lot of the sets. So I'm mm-hmm. spending a lot of money, which I'm supposed to be getting paid back for. But if you're taking four months to pay me back, like, so make sure to put 50% up front. Yep. That's yeah. great advice. Well, Brini, thank you mm-hmm. so much for being here. You truly are just such a treasure of resilience and creativity. Mm-hmm. I'm buzzing from our interviews. So thank you. Oh, thank you. This has been so awesome. It's so great to talk with you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Find us on Facebook at Legit Lady Podcast. That's L-E-G-I-T-L-A-D-Y Podcast. And on Instagram at Legit Lady Podcast. On Twitter at LegitLadyPod, that's LegitLadyPod, and please rate and comment on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you love what you hear, share it broadly and proudly. Thanks, everyone.